Hello and welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Thank you for being with me on this journey of Stories That Shape Us and this season where I'm talking about attachment from different perspectives. And though I might not say attachment, I want you to hear the stories in in light of attachment and connection. And if you this this is your first time listening to the podcast, if you go further down in October series, you will see the series that I did on attachment. I focus on attachment all through October. And this month we're looking at inner child um, healing and the, the, the childhood trauma, the traumas that happened to us when we were children and how does that play out. And in this season, so close to Thanksgiving in the US, and I know some of you are from there and Christmas all over the world, lots of people are worried about family. What do I do? Do I go home? Don't I go home? And how do we... How do I go home? If I, how do I boundary myself when I do go home? And there are many people who can't go home because they've made decisions to distance themselves from family members. And that may be you that made this decision to distance yourself because of the burden, because of the toxicity, because of the harm and the dysfunction that happens there. As you're on your healing journey, home might not be a safe place. And that can be heartbreaking when home is not a safe place. And when we think about that, we have to think about that already in light of insecure attachment. So we know that when uh, there's dysfunction, there's no space for secure attachment. So home wasn't a safe haven for you. And so as, a, as an adult, lots of adults are making decisions that they're not going home for Thanksgiving and they're not going home for Christmas. And so then there's this space of, of healing, of grieving, of loss that happen as a result. So when I wrote the, the e-book, The Christian's Guide to Letting Go of Toxic Family Members, I was reflecting on that today. And, you know, in, in the guide, it's a, it gives you an understanding of a family, a system and what could be going on within it and help you to understand boundaries so you can work out what your boundaries are and what you want to do. So it's not a do this, do this, do this so that you can let go. It gives you an understanding of you, of your family, of the system so that you can understand, well, what am I going to do now? And, and you can make a decision about what to do. Okay, so when we, there's so many things that happen when we grow up in a toxic family, when we grow up in a family that is harmful. And the harm might not be physical, um, physical abuse, like punitive punishment. The harm can be emotional abuse, neglect, all of those kind of things. You know, there's a, there's a saying that says, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's not true. Words hurt. And if you grew up in a system where words were used to, as a weapon, then that's going to be, and that, that will create its own issues. So when we grow up in a toxic family, we become protective of ourselves. Some people become protective of self. And we protect self in different ways. We protect self through hiding. Hiding in, and there are different ways that we can hide different ways that people hide. So we hide, sometimes people hide in people-pleasing. That might seem like, well, how do you hide in people-pleasing? Because when you are in a place where there's harm happening, there may be one or two people that are scapegoated in that system and all the problems of the family is pinned on them. Now, a, a child will work out really quickly what they need to do to survive. And sometimes survival means pleasing people. Survival means figuring out the adults, figuring out the people in power, seeing what works for them and doing those things so that you never get on their bad side because that means 
you will get what the other people are getting and you don't want that. So people pleasing then becomes a way to protect self from harm. The problem with that is it, it goes with us. And, and I say problem, but I never judge anyone for their coping mechanism. We develop ways of coping to stay alive, to stay safe, to stay sane. Whatever you needed to do to cope, that's what you did. Now, we understand that how that's going to impact us relationally. It's going to affect your, the, the way that you show up in relationships. As opposed to be assertive and confident with positive self-esteem, you're going to be passive and, and with, with low self-esteem, a low sense of self. And so you're not going to be able to assert yourself. You're not going to be able to acknowledge your needs and your feelings. You're not going to be able to know how to express your opinion because you're going to be afraid that if you express your opinion, the, the same thing might happen when the other people got scapegoated. And so what your brain had, had recorded is that expressions of opinion, stating of needs, saying how you feel gets you in trouble. Therefore, we'll never do that. And so you become passive. Some people become aggressive as well when, when, you, when, when you're in that system. And it, it has massive impacts for rela- influence on relationships, how you do relationship, how people relate to you and how you relate to people. You, there's a dissatisfaction and a lack of ability to connect with other people. And so people will sense this sometimes that you're pleasing, but nobody stays around because there need to be, there's going to be an issue with connection because really at the heart of your, your learning how to please, to stay alive or to focus or to stay out of harm's way in your family system means that you never experience connection and so connection becomes a problem and with, there are people that you will meet that love and want to be with you but they don't want you to please them they don't want you to use those same tools but because those are the tools that you're used to it will be really difficult sometimes to identify them and to be able to change them but they can be changed they can be identified they can be changed when you're aware that you're doing it and why you're doing it that's the first step for change because you can't change it without an awareness. So you're aware of your ability to people, the, the fact that you people please and that you're going to make a concerted effort to stop, to not rescue anybody. And so you're going to be learn, how, learn how to not rescue yourself as well because sometimes when we're people pleasing, we're really rescuing ourselves from difficult feelings. We're uncomfortable. We see something and we're uncomfortable because we're triggered and we're triggered, we're uncomfortable, we don't know how to be with the discomfort in our bodies and breathe through it and work our way through it, use the tools that you're learning to work through it, so we rescue ourselves by doing the rescuing, by rescuing the person, by pleasing them, by denying ourselves, by denying our needs and our feelings, by not stating our opinion, by taking it back if we state it, by apologizing to people, by becoming really passive, by becoming really passive. And so we do that when, um, and sometimes, sometimes that's as a, as a way of controlling as well. Controlling outcomes. We sometimes please, people sometimes people please by a way of controlling outcomes. If I deny myself my needs and my feelings, then the person is going to respond in this way. And that response is favorable to me. And so that's what I'm going to do. 
Now the risk is, and it's risky, it's risky, but it's a risk worth taking to be honest with how you're feeling, to develop with support, perhaps you're going to need support, the ability to say it honestly and to risk people not liking it. Now that might be overwhelmingly uncomfortable, but it's a discomfort that is worth sitting with, breathing through, talking yourself through, telling yourself the truth. You have a right to your opinion. You have a right to expression of feelings. You have a right to say what you need. You have a right and, and that, should be, that right should be heard. And as you learn how to tell yourself the truth, as you're breathing through the discomfort, then that's a way to release, release expectations and outcomes because we're really not in control of anything. Really, when we do these things, we're really trying to manage our own overwhelm, our own discomfort. So those are some of the ways that growing up in a system that is toxic and harmful, those are some of the ways that it impacts relationships. Those are some of the, that's a, one of the ways that people who experience childhood trauma through lack of connection, through disconnection and growing up in a harmful family system. Those are some of the reasons, some of the things that is done. There's a, there's a whole host of ways that we manage our trauma. There are many ways many things that we develop as a means of coping. And these are just some. If you see yourself in any of this, if you recognize and understand that you grew up in a family system that was harmful and you want to understand how do I get out? What do I do? How do I understand this better so that I can make some decisions? You're forgiven seven to ten. You're forgiven as many times as you can forgive. And when you create boundaries, it doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven. When you create boundaries, it just means that you want to keep yourself safe and give the next person time to reflect and think and change. The, my ebook, the, the Christian's Guide to Letting Go of Toxic Family Members, will be in the show notes of this episode. Have a look at the, you can click on the link, have a look at the ebook and get some resources to help, to help you understand better what happened and the, the choices and the, and the options that you can have. Thank you for listening to Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story.